Hi, this is Robert Reese, and welcome to the Middle Market Transformative CEO Show with my co-host, Joe Brusuelis, Chief Economist of RSM. We interview top middle market CEOs so you could gain insights onto how to grow your own business and become a transformative CEO. Hello, America. I'm Robert Reese, and I'm with Joe Brusuelis, my co-host. Welcome to the Middle Market Transformative CEO Show. Our guest today is Scott DeVinney. How are you, Scott? I'm doing great, Robert. Thanks for having me. And Scott is the CEO of Chicken Salad Chick. If you're in the South, everyone knows it. If you're in the North, you may not know it, but probably soon, or the West, probably soon. Talk about what the company is. And right now, when you took over in 2015, you had 32 stores. Now, I believe you're at 106 already. It's 106. You're right on, Robert. We uh, had an opening yesterday in Houston, Texas, so it was fantastic. The company was started in 2008 by a stay-at-home mom and her future hu- husband, Kevin and Stacy Brown. They began selling chicken salad out of their home, kind of in a door-to-door environment. And she started uh, making a name for herself in the community for delivering chicken salad and, and having the best tasting and then at some point, you know, there's a there's a obscure little rule that you can't really sell chicken salad out of your home. So she was forced to open up a uh, freestanding restaurant, which she did in Auburn, and it took off. The first day they made 20 pounds of chicken salad. It was sold out by 1 o'clock. The next day they made 40 pounds, and it was sold out by 1 o'clock. And, and it's been off and running since. In 2012, we started franchising, and the first franchise restaurant opened in late 2012. Um, I came along in 2015. Um, It was an unfortunate story. Kevin had uh, cancer, and they were looking for the next round of leadership and private equity group who could really take what their vision was, which was fresh-made chicken salad served from the heart and take it all over um, and grow the business. So that was really our crux was don't mess it up. Everything that's been working is done very, very well. Now how can we grow this business this nice mom-and-pop started business throughout the country. Now, before we get going into more talk, Joe, would you mind giving a definition of what the middle market is? So, sure. So, Chick Salad Chick is part of the most vibrant portion of the U.S. economy. It's roughly about 200,000 firms that have between 10 million and 2 billion in revenues. Now, those firms account for 40% of GDP, and they employ one-third of the entire labor force. That portion of our economy is what's driven the overwhelming majority of hiring during the 10-year business cycle we're at. So tell me, what drives your business? I'm not going to ask you to give away your recipes. We did get to taste them a little bit before. They were fantastic. But what's the, what's the formula that really drives your firm, that drives your business in the sector you're in? It's a great question, Joe, because there are, you know, thousands of restaurant companies out there that serve any flavor you want, whether it's pizza, burger, to ethnic foods and Asian food. What makes Chicken Salad Chick unique is there is no other company selling just chicken salad where it's made from scratch in each restaurant every single day. And then we create these different flavor profiles that will attract each palate and, and we're going to serve it really from the heart. So when you walk into one of our restaurants, you're going to get great tasting chicken salad. We're, we've got a team of people back every day making it from scratch. But more importantly, you're going to walk in and feel like you're that, that you're walking into your best friend's house or your parents' home. We're going to love on you. We're going to treat you well. And that's kind of the crux of what we're all about is to serve from the heart. 
we want to we want to really take care of you as a guest and that that's what's really helped us um, have the success we've had is people like the way they feel when they walk in and more importantly when they leave all right so food and beverage is one of the more difficult more challenging sectors of uh, uh, fast food retail that's out there um, take us through your product development line. We sampled about 10 to 12 of your different products today, and again, they were fantastic. Take us from A to Z. How long does it take to get there? And then are you doing it on your own, or are you outsourcing it? Oh, that's a, it's a good question. Uh, so the process, when Kevin and Stacy started, there were about 15 flavors. Um, there were some that were a little repetitive with fruits and nuts, just different version of fruits and nuts. And so that f- core 15 flavors, they were what was started, and that was what was there when we kind of got involved. In 2016, we began revamping the menu slightly, not the, necessarily the, the ingredients, but certainly the different flavor profiles. So we wanted to have the traditional category, we wanted to have the savory category, we wanted to have the fruits and nuts, that, that, that type flavor, and then we also wanted some spicy flavors. And so we added and took, we took away a few flavors when we did this. So we went from 15 down to 11, then we added a flavor that was a little more savory, which was the Lauren's Lemon Basil, which has basil and pecans, a little bit of a slight run on a pesto, if you will. But that was a flavor profile that we didn't have. So now we've got this rounded out platform. So now talk about what do we do differently every day to bring something new to our to our guests. And our guests, by the way, have said, we love it when you have a new flavor or a new taste that comes out that we get to try. So every quarter we roll out a new uh, limited time only flavor. That flavor can be anything from jerk chicken and pineapple to uh, one that was called True Blue Betty last year that had black peppercorn and blue cheese. And it was a fantastic flavor. So your question of how do we get there, that probably starts about a year in advance. Our team can come up with different flavors that we feel as though are either popular or missing. And then we get into the kitchen and say, how can we keeping the concept simple, because ours is very simple, but keeping the simple concept, how can we make that flavor? And believe it or not, currently most of those flavors come from our team, whether it's uh, Tom or his team in the marketing department or can really be anybody in the building that says, hey, we really think this might be a good flavor, let's try it. And so we will then mix it up, we'll tweak it a little bit, then we'll put it into test. That test will be in a couple of restaurants, and then we know once it's a success, then it's ready to go for all of the restaurants. So your clients really love your authenticity and sort of your organic approach here, probably which I'm assuming makes you distinct from your competitors. We think so. We think by getting fresh chicken and cooking it ourselves and mixing all the flavors ourselves with doing everything by hand is one of the one of the secret recipes for us. All right. And then who's your client? The predominantly 70 percent or so is female average age in her 40s with two kids at home under the age of 16. Okay. When you're when you're talking about the different flavor profiles that you have, how do you determine? Okay, we're in the south. This works. Now we're going to move to the north. How do you develop different profiles? And are you going to be indigenous to a state or to a to a taste style? Well, we actually what what we have works. So we don't think we need to necessarily change who we are, because we move into a different state. 
and I'll give you my, my rationale behind that. We have restaurants in Florida, for example. Um, people from the north or the Midwest, they come to Florida to vacation. And then we get comment cards. When are you bringing this to New York? When are you bringing this to New Jersey? When are you bringing this to Chicago? And so they're telling us we don't need to change anything to necessarily fit with their states or their regions. We need to stay who we are, continue to give great service. Now, we do think there are some opportunities to enhance some of the flavors in certain markets. So if you're going into New Orleans, does the spicier flavor work there? Yes. So are there some opportunities for us to maybe enhance some of those? That you could change that. And who is the decision there? Is it the franchisee? Or well, does it go back to corporate? Both. We, we take franchisees' input or our corporate team's input, and we'll, we'll analyze data and say, is spicier selling? What are some of the things we could do to enhance the flavor profile for that? So you have two minutes left to break. I, I, I want to ask you about quality control. So you make the actual chicken every day. It's not carted in at the location. Now you have 106 different locations. How do you keep the quality at the level that's consistent? Well, there, there's two components to that. There's distribution and then there's the quality control check post product being made. On the, we have a master distributor for almost all of our products and then we have a, a purchasing agreement for a national produce vendor. So we have quality control checks along the way for those. Uh, then once we're in restaurant, the quality control checks is very simple. We have a recipe guide and we have pictures and, and a step-by-step process on what to do. And you, as a manager, can walk into the prep kitchen at any point in time with a tasting spoon or, you know, once it's on the line. And you can do a visual check. You can do a, a, a texture and a taste check very easily and know as long as you followed the guide, it's going to all taste the same everywhere you go. It's very simple. So we only have one minute left. I'm going to pose this question, and then we're going to want to pick it up a little bit more in depth on the other side. Tell us about what it's like to run a large franchise business. <laughs> uh, it, is, it is a great, great job because we have phenomenal franchise owners who are putting their blood, sweat, and tears, capital, and energy into growing a wonderful concept in each one of their markets. So if you're in Dallas, Texas, we have a franchise owners there that are really working their communities very well to take our product to that neighborhood. And we get compliments all the time from that. It's not just about chicken salad chick. It's about those owners who are making chicken salad chick what it is in their markets. Okay, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to learn more about the franchise business, about the economic supply chain and talent. Back in a few. Hi, this is Robert Brees and Joe Brusuelis on the Middle Market Transformative CEO Show. And we're here today with Scott DeVinney. We're continuing. And you were talking, as Joe asked you, about the franchise business. Do you want to ask anything else about the economics of that? Or Well, I want, to, I want him to expand on what are the neighborhoods like? Who are these people who are you partnering with, your franchisees? Is that, that, I think, is really where your business is so unique. It is so unique and, and what makes us kind of who we are. So we're a franchise business. 70% of our restaurants right now are franchised. So we, they're, they're not only successful people in their own right, but then they decided to take a leap into the chicken salad chick business. And in some cases, they didn't know what our business was, where it was going to be. And, you know, 
12 years, I mean, in 2012, what was Chicken Salad Chick? Or 2015, what was Chicken Salad Chick? And what were we going to do with it? So the business model, though, is it's the little bit of the silver nugget that makes us who we are. So let me explain that. Our owners predominantly, um, we have about 55 owners in our system right now at various stages of development. A quarter of them are male only. A quarter of them are female only. The rest of them, which is about half, are a male-female mix, husband-wife or something. And that's that's unheard of, I think, in the franchise business, where you get you know, 75% have a female somewhere in the business mix. So that's the first thing that I think makes us extremely unique. But number two is you know, our purpose as a company is to spread joy, enrich lives, and serve others. When part of our process, when we're looking at new franchise owners, do they fit that culture? Do they have that purpose in their heart? Can they, can they really take care of their teams? Which, by the way, will mean take care of your guests. If you take care of your teams, they'll take care of our guests. So a lot of our owners come from backgrounds that may or may not be in food service, but they have that same philosophy, that same purpose in life to be, um, you know, giving fresh food, selling fresh food, but serve it from the heart. For example, we've got former nurses, medical device sales, um, pharmaceutical reps, all the way to former former um, business owners that sold their business and said, I want to go do something that's a little more purpose-driven in my life. And they will jump into Chicken Salad Chicken and take it to their communities. So one of the unique features about dining out in the United States is you can't go to a restaurant without hearing a millennial ask 20 questions about sourcing, quality, uh, fair, full, that sort of thing. What role does supply chain play in, chick- in, in your business? Second, um, how are you intending to evolve to meet those changing preferences of the up-and-coming consumer? Well, I think what the consumer is telling us is they want to know what they're eating. They don't necessarily trust what's behind the kitchen wall any longer. Right. So if it's um, our product, for example, it is pretty basic. It's chicken, it's mayonnaise, it's finely minced celery, and it's some secret seasoning. That's, it's pretty simple. They know what they're getting when they walk in the door, that we've made it from scratch. We have a team of people. Most of our kitchens are fairly open now, so if you're standing in line, you see people in the back making product. And I think that's a little bit of what makes us unique is people know we're making it from scratch. We don't have these cartons coming in and we just kind of throw a bow on it and say, here, go buy it. Um, we, we actually are making it from scratch. I think that's something that separates us as any level of age group sees, whether you're a millennial or you're a baby boomer. You want to know you're eating a good, fresh product. So we, we take a lot of pride in knowing that we have just a couple of chicken suppliers. Um, that product is being shipped fresh, not frozen, to our distribution centers. We now have five distribution centers throughout the country, and we have a pretty tight rein on what happens uh, to that product to make sure it is clean when it gets there. And that's, I think, how we address it. And most are gluten-free, I'm thinking, or is that not true? All chicken salad is gluten-free. How you the choose to eat are it. Not. The <laughs> cookies are not. And the crackers <laughs> are not. How you choose to eat it. So if you want just a scoop of chicken salad on a bed of lettuce with no crackers, you're gluten-free. Everyone gets, you either get a sandwich, a, a bed of lettuce, you select which way you want to use that. That's right. right. That's exactly right. So we, we have all of the 12 flavors of chicken salad, plus we also have pimento cheese, spicy pimento cheese and egg salad we didn't talk about, all made from scratch. But yes, you, you choose whether you want to get that as a scoop. With, on a piece of lettuce with some crackers, or if you'd rather have a sandwich on 
white bread, wheat bread, or, or a croissant. And that, that's where that goes. So let, let's talk about the, the extend, your expansion model. Mm-hmm. And I know you've talked with me in the past about um, concentric circles. Explain exactly how you're doing this, and also explain, um, we've also spoken that there's a big difference in running a franchise of 30 or 100, and all of a sudden your economics change on that. So two questions. One is your expansion, and two, the economics of that. Well, so the concentric circle model, I, I've been in and around this business since the mid-90s. And the two things that I feel strongly about are owning company stores alongside of our franchise owners. I feel like we have a vested interest in our success just like they do. We put our money to work just like they do. I think that's um, vastly important for our business. The second thing that I've always noticed in those years is that concentric circle growth is important because you're building brand awareness before you enter into a new state. So for example, when we opened in Lexington, Kentucky, we had restaurants in Nashville, Tennessee, and we have restaurants down in Florida where people might vacation. So by the time we hit Lexington, Kentucky, there was some brand awareness around chicken salad chip. We didn't have to go invent a new marketing campaign to talk about who this was because people knew it there was some organic growth in there and i think that's important for us as we expand into states we don't want to jump across a couple of states because then we're having to teach people who we are we want them to know who we are when we get there and i think that's pretty important so then economics, let me answer that part. Well, you may, Joe, if you want to add, Joe, as you know, is like chief economist at RSM, and he's an expert on this. If I was asking him about the economics, and he's told me that 32 stores versus 100, everything changes. If you want to add to that question, Joe. Well, no, I mean, where I wanted to go was what point was the scalability really become an issue, right? And then is your business closely correlated, say, with housing starts, unemployment, purchases of of trucks i mean is there some point out there where you know hey i'm going to this city and i know exactly when to enter this city because it builds on your concentric circles and scalability framework you know and not not necessarily that that detailed in Mm -hmm. housing starts or or trucks or you know anything like that what we have found is the the there's a mix of a demographic set that works for our business so if we know there's call it 60,000 people in a um, 10 minute drive time of our location and the average household income is 50 grand or more, then that's the right kind of profile for us. And oh, by the way, then you segment that further into saying, what what does that demographic profile look like? What's the mix of uh, gender? What's the race? What's the person who have um, college degree, et cetera? And you break that on down and that's where we're really starting to get granular on that. Um, But the economics of our business are so, eye-opening for someone who's been around our business and then they hear chicken salad. So let me tell you, we have um, six days a week operation. We're closed on Sunday. We have two primary day parts, lunch and dinner. We're We're not open for breakfast. So we're really only open 60 hours a week. And most people in the restaurant business would say that's like banker's hours, right? Mm -hmm. You're just not open very much. Our average unit volume um, last year was for the entire chain for restaurants open at least 12 months was a million 150. That's unheard of 
six days a week, chicken salad business with that kind of number. And so we, we're very excited about it. It was about 900 when I got here, and now it's a million one fifty. So we've had a nice run of, of same-store sales and also just average unit volume growth. But, but that's where if you just get more into the communities and you get more into the local grassroots marketing, you can have success. Well, if you've never heard a value proposition for a food, and f- food fast, fresh beverage firm, I think we just heard one. <laughs> well, and there you have it. Scott, a pleasure having you on the Middle Market Transformative CEO Show. Thanks, Robert. If anyone Thanks, wants Joe. to know, what is the website? Uh, chickensaladchick.com. <laughs>